you understand we're headed someplace. We're all on a journey. The question is, do you understand where your journey is going to take you? Do you understand the amazing grace that we just sung about, that he's preparing a place for people who are prepared for him? And part of that preparation is to understand worship. When you come into God's house, we're here to worship him and him alone, to give him all glory and all praise because of what he's done. So great a salvation we have. You can't get excited about amazing grace. How sweet the sound. You need to, you, you, you need to understand we're going to a place that he's prepared where there's no sun. You know why? Because he lights up the sky. There's no disease. You know why? Because there's no sin. You're going to a place where you're going to live eternally to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If we don't understand worship here, that's what we're going to do in all eternity because of the chains that he broke for us. As we continue our lessons learned from Moses, I get excited about the change that he has broken in my life. So forgive me if I feel a little excited today and a little out of character. But we're family, right? to get a little amped up. And so, if you can't hear me in the back, and I'll blow you away in the front, please forgive me. But I get excited about what Jesus has done for each one of us. And I get the opportunity to share it with you. And so we're taking a journey to freedom. And everybody that's on a journey, anybody's gone away with family before? Journeys have start, stops, twists and turns, and sometimes they have detours. All my controlling people, don't raise your hand. My name is Barry, and I'm a controlling person. <laughs> and I create an agenda, and I expect everybody to know my agenda. And when we take a journey as a family, there's always one that challenges that agenda. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. It's okay. We're all in recovery. Because something comes out when they challenge my agenda. It causes me unrest. It causes me to feel like you're bucking my authority. I'm six foot five. I'm stronger than you. And I'm going to beat you. Now you know my life. Now you know how to pray for my wife. <laughs> Moses took a bunch of his extended family on a journey to freedom. And it was an interesting journey. 
that Moses had the opportunity to get the plan from God in the beginning. So I want you to understand some things. Let's frame this before we get started. Israel had been in bondage for 430 years. They knew nothing about freedom. All they knew was they were in Egypt and they were to serve Pharaoh. They did not realize that God had a plan to rescue them. Sometimes when you're in bondage, you feel hopeless and helpless. You feel like God doesn't hear you and God doesn't care for you. Anybody been in that place when you've been praying for a while and it's like, God, you said you hear my cry, but I don't see you answering my prayer. So all of a sudden you start getting into your feelings and all of a sudden you stop doing the things that you understood you needed to do was spend time with God to really learn God's heart and his prayer. Well, kind of the same thing happens to Israel. For 430 years, they were in captivity, serving another God other than the God that they were heard about. So I only have one point for my point, people. It's not going to be on the screen. It's right along. I'll send you my notes. Just follow along with me. Understand, God never delivers us to make us forget him. Instead, he reveals himself and delivers us so that we may worship him and fully know him. Catch that. He delivers us so that we can worship him and fully know him. God often puts us in situations that seem impossible. This is so we can discover that he is our solution. This is how God works. He lets us hit rock bottom in order for us to learn that he's the rock at the bottom. He puts us between a rock and a hard place, a situation that seems confusing and chaotic. He will often do this when he's getting ready to reveal something new about himself to us just as he did to Moses. So we understand their problem is they've been in bondage for 430 years. They didn't understand the solution. They didn't realize that God had called and prepared a guy named Moses. Moses thought he was done. He did the unspeakable act of killing a man. He thought he was going to rescue the Israelites in his own strength. So he saw one of his brothers being beaten by an Egyptian. And so he took it into his own hands. First, first principle. It's not always good to take it into your own hands, boy. Sometimes you need to pray before you act. I have a lot of things that I think up here, might they seem like a perfect plan. And then when I start talking and it starts coming out, those of you who are married, your wife will start looking at you like, what in the world are you talking about? 
Why are you saying this in front of the kids? And then I'm like, oh, that wasn't a good idea. I probably should have kept that inside. I probably shouldn't have let that one out. But the Israelites didn't realize that Moses was preparing after 40 years tending sheep. A lot of people think tending sheep is not a difficult job. Uh, Dick Goldley is our resident farmer. Anything farming is very difficult. Could you imagine trying to keep sheep in a pen? All right, where's our little children? Can you imagine keeping children? <laughs> Seeing you in the Bible time? Mike does a phenomenal job. Because I'm like, Mike, that's not my gift. Because once they start running, I want to run. Mike stays so calm. They say stuff like, yeah. Oh, yeah, that ties to this. That's kind of like sheep, because they do whatever. And Moses was out there just tending them all by himself, having a great time. And then one day he's out there, he sees this burning bush. Moses was not from where I'm from. If you see a bush that's burning that does not be consumed, something is fishy, you start running. Moses decided to go look at that bush a little bit closer. This is when you were in the movie and you say, don't do it! Don't go through that door! Moses understood something supernatural was happening and he wanted to be a part of what was happening. So he got a little closer. And when the bush started talking, I'm sorry, I would have ran. If the bush called me, Barry, Barry. Barry got us. I, I would go. Moses stood to see what was happening in that bush. That was how Moses was introduced to the God that he would serve. He had a supernatural encounter that was just for Moses. That enabled him to follow God's plan. No, Moses had excuses. How many people have excuses? Uh, all y'all got excuses. It's okay. I'm not the only one. You let, you let God call me to something, and me and him in my prayer closet, I'm like, God, that's not my call. God, nope, that's not where I want to go. Do you know God has a funny way of getting us where we didn't say we were going to go? I eat out. I said, Mike, Mike introduces me. It's like, you know, we're getting ready to pray. I, I think I'm getting ready to start reading through a revival and say, okay, Mike, I'll pray with you. Prophet Mike. A lot of y'all know him as a prophet. He said, Barry, I think God told me we should do this together. I said, God didn't tell me that. <laughs> My God speaks to me. We have a good relationship. And then every time I came up to meet with Mike, I'm going to tell the truth. There was a few guys out and said, we're getting ready to pray for God. Won't you join us? Said, okay, I'll pray for y'all. Sounds great. Coming before God, asking God to do some amazing things at Valley. 
I didn't realize I was praying for myself to be a part of that as God was showing me this is where I need to move into my next part of my journey. I want you to see in all that Moses had to go through, he had to understand that Israel wasn't prepared to live with a holy God. So their problem was they were in bondage. Look at the solution that Moses got directly from God in Exodus 6, 6 through 7. He says, therefore, tell the Israelites, I am the Lord, and I will bring you from the forced labor of the Egyptians and rescue you from slavery. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. I will take you as my people. I will be your God. You will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from the forced labor of the Egyptians. You see, Moses had the answer. He met with God. And God, you see all the I will statements? God was at work preparing Moses to lead over a million people out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. I am the self-existent one. I need no one else to exist. I exist all by myself. And so Moses got that introduction that Jesus or God was the answer. But when you go on a trip, there's a route that you have to take. And the route that the Egyptians took was not the easiest route. So understand that God doesn't always look for the easy. All right, let me help you understand that. All my problems are. When you come up to a problem, do you look for a workaround? How do I get around this problem? God say, no, we're not going to take the work workaround route. I'm going to take the through route. You're going to walk through this problem, and you're going to learn more about who I am and what I'm capable of if you just submit as we go through this problem. I, I don't think you understand that. Workarounds are good sometimes, right? Because you feel like you save the time. But when God's up to something and he wants to teach you something, that workaround breaks down. I'm just, I'm not the mechanic in the house. I told you that before. There's something called Google. Google's great for a lot of people. You Google something, you learn how to fix everything, right? If the toilet keeps running, Google it. Running toilet. If the car does something, Google it. I was humbled by how my wife could Google something that I was working on for three weeks, and all of a sudden, the toilet stopped running. And I'm like, hey, I fixed, I fixed the toilet. I actually did it this time. What she said, no, I Googled it, it said do this, I did that, and voila, it stopped running. That was very humble to me. 
I'm still in therapy to this day <laughs> because my wife doesn't have a problem using her resources, whereas I thought I knew, I was taught you just jiggle the handle. Then you take the back thing off and you play with the little pump thing and tighten it. I look for the easy route. She did some research and took the longer route, made me feel like this low. But she said, baby, I still love you. Israel's getting ready to take the long route when there's a shorter route for them to take. Look at the route. It says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the road to the land of the Philistines, even though it was nearby. For God said the people would change their minds and return to Egypt if they faced war. So he led the people around towards the Red Sea, along the road of wilderness, and the Israelites left the land of Egypt in battle formation, or in other words, in an organized manner. You've got to remember, they were in captivity. They were not ready to fight. They were not the people that was like, okay, let's bring it on. God had to show them who he was and what he was doing on their behalf. That's why he took them around the longer route. Anybody been on a trip and you put in your GPS and your GPS reroutes you? All of us controlling people feel some type of way when that GPS reroutes, right? It's all of a sudden, why did it reroute me? I knew the route. I knew which way I was supposed to go. My daughter went to school in Boston. And we had to get on the turnpike. And you know, the turnpike divides. You got cars only and the trucks only. I like to drive in the cars only. My GPS always says take the trucks only. So I did it one day. I took the trucks only. You know what happened? Cars only were stacked up like a parking lot. Everybody on the truck side was moving. And then the next time I took the truck side and the car side was going, so guess what I did the next time? I took cars because that's what I was familiar with. A lot of times we try to tell God what we're familiar with instead of taking that journey with him into the unfamiliar, that you can see him for who he is and what he's doing in your life. We've got to get out of that habit of doing what Mike just said. We come to worship and we go through a lot of worshipy things. But are you encountering him? Are you seeing him in all his glory? That's what Israel was getting ready to see. That it was not Moses that was leading them, but it was God leading them. Look at what it says. The, it says, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to lead them on their way during the day and a pillar of fire to give them light at night so that they could travel day or night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night never left its place in front of the people. Don't miss that. God was present with them. He was taking them through a situation that did not seem 
like they were going to make it through. And so the people of Israel understood, okay, we saw the ten plagues. We saw all that God did. Now, Pharaoh said, you can go. The plan is laid out. Moses sets forth the plan in Exodus 14, 1 through 4. It says, then, Moses spoke, then the Lord spoke to Moses, tell the people to turn back and camp. Well, let me stop right there. Turn back. Think about this. You, you, you've been in bondage for 430 years. You just want to go forward. You just want to go to the route that's away from Egypt. Egypt. All of a sudden, Moses said, let's turn back. How many people have problems with it? It's okay. I heard it and I had a real problem. I'm like, God, I don't, I'm running. They freed us. 430 years, they beat us. They, they, they put all kind of work on us. I don't want to go back towards that way. Look at what it says. It says, then Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, they are wandering around in the land in confusion. The wilderness has boxed them in. I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. Then I will receive glory by means of Pharaoh and all his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. Understanding God had purpose for making it look like it was confusion. So that Pharaoh would do his part and chase after them. So sometimes what God is doing, he's trying to help us understand there's others watching. And part of those others watching, they get a view of who I am through your life. So I wonder how obedient we would be if we recognize that people were watching so that they could see the Christ that we serve. A lot of times, like, 695 is pretty, it's a pretty difficult drive. And if you get like me with driving, if you cut me off, I'm, I'm better today. <laughs> I'm going to start with that phrase. But if you cut me off, I got some words for you. I'm sad to say they're not holy words, but I got words for you. And I got this little woman that rides with me in the shotgun. And if she reaches over to touch me, that says I said an unholy word. That means I represent Christ no matter where I am. No matter what somebody does to me, they cannot affect me to cause me to come out of who I am. If I understand who I am in Christ, knowing that I've already been chosen, knowing that I've already been forgiven, knowing that grace upon grace has been bestowed upon me, what does it look like when that person cuts me off and says, I say, I'm sorry. You have to be That looks like Christ. That looks like him working even when I don't understand what's happening. That causes me to trust him and not allow my past 
to front, push front and center because the Israelites are getting ready to be chased. Anybody play tag growing up? Wait a minute. So he has a fixed mindset. He said, I'm going to lose. Don't worry about it, Jim. Leave it alone, Jim. When people are chasing you, what do you do? Now, I need you to talk to you. When somebody chases you, what do you do? I heard run. I heard go the other way. Okay. Now, if somebody's chasing you with a gun, what do you do? You give up. You're just like, I'm done. That's what the Israelites felt like. Somebody was chasing you with a gun. Fear gripped them so much that they didn't know what was going to happen. And look at what happens when they're being chased. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their mind about the people and said, what have we done? We released Israel from serving us. Key words, serving us. Understand, this was more of a spiritual battle because they were serving other gods other than the true God and they said, whoa, we let them go. They were serving us. And so he got his chariots ready and took his troops with him. He took 600 of his best chariots and all the rest of the chariots in Egypt with its officials. And they went after him. The reaction of the Israelites is priceless. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians coming after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. That's the one good thing they did. They cried out to the Lord. Then they looked at Moses. It is because there is no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away for, to die in the wilderness. What have you done to us? By bringing us out of Egypt. Isn't this what we told you in Egypt? Leave us alone so that we may serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. You see what happened? They thought their life was just to serve the Egyptians. They thought they were supposed to be subservient to them for forever. Pharaoh was like a god to them. They felt good when they saw the place. And then when Pharaoh said that, they felt good. But when opposition comes, guess what? It shows you what's happening on the inside. How many people like to go to 
annual physicals. Yeah, I said related to annual physicals. I know my annual physical comes up in October every year. So come in September, guess who starts trying to do right? This guy. All of a sudden, I started eating my salad, I started eating uh, nuts and all that stuff. She tried to feed me. Five guys, I rode, I ride right by. I do not stop in September. You know what my doctor told me? He said, Barry, good to see you. You look kind of good today. I said, Doc, I feel good. I've been doing well. He said, you know, I'm going to send a nurse in. She's going to take three pints of brother. We're going to see how well you're doing. You know what? Once they draw that blood, that blood tells what my activity has been for years. Just like you, whatever you're being fed, when you're squeezed, it tells you what you've been eating. Have you been eating the word God, or have you been eating from the world's table? So what's happening underneath, I can come in here and say, praise the Lord, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, but that's a mean world out there. And sometimes, if I were to tell the truth, when I'm squeezed, it tells me that I have not been spending enough time with God. It tells me that I put God on the side, and I'm like, God, I'm riding pretty good right now. We've been having great devotional time. I understand I'm out executing the plan. But while I'm executing the plan, I forgot to keep talking to the coach. The coach needs to keep coaching because I need direction. I need feedback. How many people like feedback? How many people like feedback? Don't come over here. How many people? How many people like feedback? Smile. Thank you. Feedback's good, right? Feedback does what for you? Now you want to wake up over here. I was talking to this side. Feedback does what for you? Affirms. Affirms or corrects. If you've been married, don't hit your spouse right now. Don't even look, don't even chuckle. You know spouses have a way of giving you feedback when you don't want it. Hey, don't touch it. I'm telling you, don't touch it. I want you to go home happy. Next time your wife gives you see, oh, I say wife. <laughs> I'm still in therapy. It's okay. Next time your spouse gives you feedback, understand it's for your growth. It's not to harm you. It's not to say you did it wrong. It's not to say negative things. So if your spouse can give you feedback, can God give you feedback? Can God show you some areas of your life that you need improvement? Can God help you become all that you need to become to be like Christ? That's what happens when you do your individual devotion time. It's like God starts talking and you're like, wow. Wow, God, you act like you were right there when I said that. And he starts correcting you. 
That's kind of what he's getting ready to do when he tells Moses to tell them what to, what to do. Look at what he tells Moses. But Moses said to the people, don't be afraid. Stand firm and see the Lord's salvation. He will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you and you must be quiet. Standing firm. Just standing. Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do when you're in the battle. But we sang about it earlier. Standing on the promises of God. God said he would never leave us nor forsake us. His presence. He also told us he gives us peace. But he doesn't give us peace like the world gives us peace. He gives us peace with no takebacks. So when he's standing with you, he's standing with his peace. But he also told us that in this world you will have tribulation. But take heart. Why? Because I've overcome the world. And because he's overcome, we can overcome. So when you come up against life challenges, maybe you've got a condition that you've got from the doctor that just seems hopeless. Maybe your 401k took a hit. Maybe you have a child that does not know Christ. And you've been praying. Can I tell you to stand firm in God's promise? Can I tell you to stand firm in who He is? Because He is a way maker. Where there is no way, God makes a way. When there is no hope, He is hope. When you are hurting, God cares for you. He knows what it feels like. He's seen his son beat and bruised. He's seen his son take on the sins of the world. Hung on a cross, not because he knew sin, because he was sinless. He took on our sins. Why? So that we could have a path to a so that we can have eternal communion with him. So don't give up. Stand firm. Don't be afraid of the difficult season because God's trying to show you that he's a way maker. God's trying to show you that he's sufficient. God's trying to show you that he's all powerful. The reason why we do Bible study is so that we can grow in our theology. Theology should prompt our praise. The more we know who God is, the more we should praise Him. That's what Paul did. Paul always leads with theology when he talks. But when Paul gets to a point where it just overcomes him, he just, he takes a parenthetical pause and he says, I just need to praise Him. Now unto Him, who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than I ask, think, or imagine. You know when Paul said that? When he said that the body wall had been torn in two, there's no longer Greek nor Jew, there's no longer slave or free. He's making one people for himself. Paul was like, that's too great for me. That's too amazing for me. Because it was just the Jewish folk. Now we're all in company. 
So Paul was like, this is so great a salvation. I just have to give him praise. And if we can learn anything, if you learn to praise him when you're going through pain, you'll praise him when you're free. Learn to praise him through the pain so that when you get on the other side, your praise continues. It does not stop. So we're getting ready to see the divine deliverance. The time when everybody says, okay, Moses, the sea is right there. The army is coming. Where do we go? God put them right where he wanted that all they could do was look to him for a solution. Have you ever been in that place when everything else, you know, I'm the first one to call my friend. This is what I got going on. What do you think? I call the other friend. This is what I got going on. What do you think? But God's conditioned me now to call him first, to get my word from him first, so that when I talk to Prophet Mike, I've already talked to God, and Mike just affirmed what God told me. Instead of God telling me, God doesn't need to go through it. We have access. We can go directly to him. So now they're at that point where God's getting ready to do the supernatural. Are you ready? How many people like the roller coaster? You're at the top. You're at, I don't like roller coasters, so I can't get with you. I don't understand the drop. I don't understand why you like that drop. That feeling, they're getting ready to drop because they're bearing in on them real quick. Look at what it says. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove back the sea with a powerful east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land. So the waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with the waters like a wall to them on the right and the left. All my adventurous people. How many people were to jump into that water? I was like, my people first. I want to see how far you get. Then I go, right, you go next. Then I go, Roy, you go next. No, I'm like, okay, this looks pretty good. But when you're trying to escape bondage, The impossible seems possible then. Because you start seeing the wall go up. You see God standing at work. You start moving quickly. Can I tell you, in a room this size, God's standing at work in your life. I don't care what you want to do. God is working it out for your good and his glory. Because the greatest work that he's done was through his Savior, the Lord Jesus. The greatest debt that we had was our sin debt. He dealt with that. If he can deal with your greatest problem, don't you think the small things God can do with Don't you think if God can divide a Red Sea, make the wall stand up all night, but not only make the wall stand up, but make your enemy go in after you? Oh, this gets better. Because when the enemy went in, they said, they took the chariots in. 
in these chariots like, we're going to get them. Mud and chariots don't go hand in hand. You don't get very far. God sent them in to pursue. Look at what it says in 1423. The Egyptians set out to pursue. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen went into the sea after them. During the morning watch, the Lord looked down at the Egyptian forces from the pillar of fire and cloud and threw the Egyptians' forces into convulsion. He caused their chariot wheels to swerve, swerve and make them drive with difficulty. Let's get away from Israel, the Egyptians said, because the Lord is fighting against Egypt because the Lord is fighting. They didn't know who the Lord was before the ten plagues. All of a sudden they're like, the Lord is fighting for Egypt. And as the story goes, God called the water to cover up all of them. They told, God told them they would never see them before again. You understand when you become new in Christ, your sins are all gone. They've all been paid. Stop looking back at them. Look to Christ. He will guide you. What happens is when I change the broken, we continue to think in a fixed mindset. We continue to think like God can. But once God releases you, be free in Christ. Explore all the freedom that's in Christ. Uh, if you watched any news last week, there was this chimpanzee that was in uh, captivity for 28 years. They were doing all kinds of horrific uh, things to this chimp. And he got released. And the people that got him nurtured him and recorded the first time he was allowed to see the sun. If you've never seen his reaction, it is priceless. He jumps up and down, he screams, he makes this great sound. How much more when we see the sun? That's only. Should we shout? Should we have joy because of all that the sun has done for us? May God help us not to look at our problems, but to look to the rainman, the Son, who gave us life so that we can live and live eternally. So I just got a few takeaways, and then I'm out your way. Takeaway number one. What we learned from Moses is Moses had a habit of spending time with God. Moses didn't get his faith from not spending time in the Word. He spent time with him face to face. He did the ten plagues. He divided the sea. He gave the ten commandments. And in Exodus 33, he had a request of God. He said, how can I see your face? I don't request. After all he's done, hey, I divide the Red Sea. I'm good, God. Not Moses. Moses said, there's more. I want more of you. And God hit him in the cliff. 
said, no man can see my face and live. But what I'll do for you, I'll let you see my finger cross. I'll let you see the stroke of my Lord and go by. He desired more to know God. May that be our desire to want to know Him more each and every day, even all that He's done. Moses used the tools that God gave him. Moses just had a sack. God equipped him with that sack. David just had a slingshot. Use what God has equipped you with. And lastly, Moses followed God's plan. How are you doing at following God's plan for your life? Has God called you to something? that you've been putting pause, hitting pause for him? Maybe it's part you saying, okay, God, I believe that you sent your son to die in my place. Maybe your journey is salvation today. Or maybe your journey is to come along here at Valley and to be part of what God's doing here. But whatever it is that God's calling you to, say, yes, Lord, here I am. I'm ready to follow. I'm ready to serve. Uh, the praise team is coming. Uh, we're getting ready to close out in a song. Uh, maybe God's spoken to you in a different way today. Uh, this is your part of the service to respond. I'm going to pray. And then following the prayer, uh, the praise team will lead us in song. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you uh, for such a great salvation that we have in Christ. of the world so that salvation isn't based upon us but on your grace and your mercy God I pray for that one that feels forgotten that feels like you are far away I pray that you would draw near right now touch a heart touch a mind help them to see you in all your glory in all your might deliver that one from that problem, whether it's uh, medical, financial, marital, whatever that problem is, God, we know you have the solution. And I pray that we would seek your face each and every day. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you would all pray.